So during the 40 days between Jesus's resurrection and ascension, he appeared and disappeared at will. Okay, and, 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 and as he would appear, he would be visiting with uh, the disciples and, and different disciples. And what he was doing uh, was preparing them for the coming of the Holy Spirit and preparing them for their future ministries. And, and what's, what's kind of crazy about this is they never knew when he was gonna appear. So they didn't know when he was gonna appear. So they had to, during this time, always stay alert. As I, was, as I was thinking about that, I was, I was thinking about how important uh, that is for us today, just that in and of itself. How literally we live with the reality of Jesus could come back at any point in time. And living in light of that reality should what? Create uh, an awareness, an alertness, a sense of urgency uh, in us. That's literally the point of the book of Revelation is to build this urgency uh, for us to be prepared for that, right? Uh, so that affects how we live. And so during this time for them, uh, they, it's a critical time for them, right? Um, it was important because they're about to take Jesus's place in the world and then carry on his message to the world. So this is important. And so we pick up in uh, John uh, chapter 21, and we'll read uh, together verses one through eight. And it says this, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the, other, on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved, therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. So it kicks off in verse 21 by saying, after this. Now this phrase, after this, it refers to an unspecified time after chapter 20 ends, okay? So, so it's not just like immediately after, after chapter 20 ends, then chapter 21 is like picking up right after that. No, there's an unspecified amount of time uh, that happens between then. And what we see is the disciples had left Jerusalem and had made their way north to Galilee uh, as Jesus had commanded them in Matthew and Mark's account. They talk about that. But it says the Sea of Tiberias is where they were at and it's better known as the Sea of Galilee. 
And apparently all 11 of the disciples at this point in time, they didn't travel together uh, because it only mentions seven of them uh, in this event. The seven are uh, Simon Peter, who we typically call Peter, uh, Thomas called Didymus. We talked about him last week, uh, Nathaniel. And then it says the sons of Zebedee, and that's James and John, John being the writer. Uh, and then we have two other disciples that it doesn't tell us who they were. But we know that they're there, and, and uh, as they're there, uh, maybe right, uh, right in that moment waiting for Jesus, Peter says, hey, I'm going fishing. And the rest go, all right, well, let's go. So they all decide to go uh, fishing. And it's important for us to know that these, these, these disciples right here, especially when you think of Simon or Simon Peter and, and we think of uh, James, John, uh, they, they, these guys, they, they weren't like hobby fishermen. Okay, they were experts. Right? Like, like prior to Jesus' call as disciples, they had made their living on the sea. They had made their living as fishermen. Now, some believe that what they were doing was wrong. Some read this and say, well, they were actually trying to get back into their former occupation after Jesus had given them their new mission. There's nothing here that, that tells me uh, that that's what they were actively trying to do. Uh, you know, they were waiting and they decided to go fishing, okay? It's kind of what it is. But either way, they get into this boat uh, to catch some fish. But what happens? Absolutely no luck. All night long, all night long, not one fish. Can you imagine the frustration? All the fishermen are like, yeah, yeah, totally. Now, listen, it's not a big deal for an amateur to have an evening like that. Like, if you ever take me fishing, I wouldn't be surprised at all if I caught nothing. In fact, I would, I would expect it almost, right? So it's not a big deal. But when you talk about a group of professional fishermen working all night and not catching a thing, I mean, these guys are tired. They're angry at this point. And we see that the sun is starting to, to rise. Uh, and then they hear this voice from the shore call out, children, do you have any fish? Now, uh, when, we, when we translate that more into uh, how we would say this uh, and the term for children, it, it could mean boys. So essentially what Jesus was, was saying, hey, boys, uh, you haven't caught any fish, have you? Okay, because it's, it's expecting a negative answer. And, 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 and so obviously they're like, no. And then it gets worse. He says, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Okay, the disciples are frustrated. They're exhausted. And, and, and this stranger, they don't know who he is at this point, is speaking to them and telling them what they need to do to catch fish. Yeah. Now, they had to have been tempted to tell this stranger to mind their own business, right? We're the professionals here. We don't even know who you are. Um, I mean, how many times have you been in a conversation uh, and, 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 or doing something and someone just butts in? And, and you're like, really? This isn't your conversation. 
This isn't what you're doing. I was thinking about this and I was, I was having lunch with someone and we were in this deep conversation, deep conversation. It was actually with another pastor and we're having lunch and all of a sudden this person, I have no idea who they were. They were sitting, their chair was over here. They, they're listening to us talk. Apparently, they literally turn their seat around and say, hey, can I, can I share some thoughts with you guys about that? And we're like, yeah, I guess. I mean, you've already committed. Uh, but, but right, like if, if someone all of a sudden is telling you and it's your profession, let's say you're in your profession and someone says, hey, you should be doing that. And you're like, who are you to talk to me? This is what I do. Okay, and so they have this stranger yelling out instructions, and it's like, how in the world uh, does he know what fish like? How, like, it makes no sense. Does he think the fish know the difference between the left side of the boat and the right side of the boat, right? But what happens? For For whatever reason, they listen. We don't know why. We don't know if it was in his voice or something, but they listen. And to their astonishment, they couldn't haul in the net because of the great number of fish. Just as the fish were nowhere to be seen, Jesus had redirected the fish right to where they needed to be. So many fish that John realizes is Jesus. That is Jesus. And so he leans over to Peter and he goes, it's the Lord. Because this was a miracle, guys. This wasn't just like, oh man, they caught a fish. No, this is, these are professional fishermen going, this is a miracle. It says, that's the Lord. And Peter, just as he has done all throughout the book of John, Peter immediately puts on his garment because he was just in like a loincloth and he jumps into sea and swims to Jesus. You know, um, Peter is pretty easy to criticize at different points, isn't he? Some of his responses, some of his reactions, but I'll tell you this. Peter desires deeply to be with Jesus, doesn't he? And, and, and in a way that's just different, right? Because John identifies as Jesus, and as he's saying it, Peter is getting ready. And he's on his way. He desperately wanted to be with Jesus. And I love that about Peter. And I, and I ask myself that question as well. Do I desperately, do I get excited about Jesus? Like, do I get excited or is it just like, I do that? I read that, I do this, or does it actually excite me? And man, one thing about Peter, you guys, that's undeniable is he was always excited to see Jesus and to be with Jesus. And I think that's important for us. And, and we see that, the, meanwhile, the other disciples, they, they came uh, struggling toward the shore in the boat, and they're dragging this net behind because they were unable uh, to haul it in. And then, we, and then we see verse nine, it says this. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? 
they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So after they arrived at the shore, they're all there. Uh, they see this fire already made and fish placed on it and bread uh, to the side. And, and, and we see uh, that, that Jesus is, is literally demonstrating and showing his uh, compassion for his tired and hungry disciples. He had prepared breakfast for them. And what he's showing here is that he would still uh, serve these disciples. He was still going to meet their needs, needs that they were unable to meet themselves. He says, bring some of the fish you've caught. And so Peter went up and carried the net uh, to land. Man, Peter must have been strong, right? They can't haul this in. And he goes out there and just like walks right up with it. And, and we read there are 153, it says large fish, 153 large fish. And then it tells us, and the net was not torn, which had to be kind of a miracle in itself. So the net's not torn. He brings those up there. They, they bring some of those to Jesus. And, and, and what we see here is, is, is once again, another illustration, right? Jesus provided far more fish than they could ever eat in one setting. And so he, he, he's just once again showing like, I don't just sustain you. What I provide is so much greater than just keeping you afloat. I go over and above. And he says, come and have breakfast. And then he served them the bread and fish. And we read that this is the third time, the third time that John records Jesus appearing to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Guys, it's a great story, but you know what it is? It's a great picture of following Jesus. Now hear me clearly on this. This is so important. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. Okay, regardless of your giftings, regardless uh, of your abilities, uh, regardless of your experience uh, or your strength or, or your knowledge and understanding, we are unable to follow Jesus apart from his work in our lives. Jesus told the disciples very clearly earlier in John 15, five, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So any effort to serve him in, in our own strength, uh, it, it will be as effective as the disciples fishing, okay? Serving Christ in our own strength, doing it out of my own power, uh, trying to do it my own way. When we say our own way, guys, this is dangerous because uh, for some of us, we will say, I'm doing this for God. I'm pursuing God in this. I believe this is his direction. So I'm just gonna run. And he's actually got something different for you, but you're refusing to actually do it his way. You're saying, no, I know what needs to be done, Jesus. I'm the professional here. 
And so you'll go through something and, and, and it may look great on paper. Other people may think it's right, but you're actually choosing to do something your own way. And anytime it's about me, anytime it's about my abilities, my strength, um, my work ethic, uh, or just me saying, I'm going to do this my way in honor and glorify you, you guys, it will be ineffective. Now, here's what you can be great at in your own flesh. You can be great at selfish living, right? You can hit that out of the park left to yourself, right? We are great at making decisions that are focused on us, aren't we? I'm great looking at something and going, man, this is gonna make me feel really good. I want that. I'm really good at thinking about myself, right? I'm, I'm really good about uh, any opportunity, anything there and going, how does this make me feel? How does this affect me? And so you guys, uh, we naturally, unfortunately on this planet, are gonna not only struggle with that, but be drawn to that mindset. And so that's something that, that man, we're, we, can, we can be great at, is, is selfish living, selfish thinking, making ourselves the ultimate point. Um, we can do that in our own strength. But I'll tell you what, if you really, truly desire to live as, as Jesus has called us to live, if you really desire, desire to give up your personal comfort uh, for someone else's eternal good, your effort isn't enough. If you truly wanna reach someone with the gospel, if you, if you truly wanna make an impact uh, in, 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 in ministering for Christ and, and being an example and all of that, you guys, your good work will not be enough. If, you, if you're married and you're like, man, I wanna just be a godly husband. I wanna be a godly wife. Uh, I wanna be a godly parent. I wanna be a godly grandparent. or I wanna be a godly son or, 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 or daughter. You guys, any of those things left to yourself, you'll fail at because it'll be in your own strength. If you desire victory over uh, uh, this, this area of sin in your life that's just constantly plagued you, you keep battling it, it keeps coming back, uh, and, and you desire victory uh, over it, you guys, your best effort will fall short. See, all the good you do will be empty and short-lived apart from the power of Jesus working in and through you. And that's why this fish story is so encouraging. See, if we follow Christ, we don't need to rely on our own strength. He's gonna provide exactly what we need when we need it. See, there's actually a reason they didn't catch any fish, isn't there? There's a reason they didn't catch fish. There's a reason that they, in their minds, failed. They caught nothing so that Jesus's power could be demonstrated. Now, let's get to the reality of this. They, they didn't realize that throughout the night, did they? They didn't realize that as they kept pulling up the net and what? It's empty, right? As they're, as they're struggling all night, getting more and more upset, probably blaming each other. And then it's like, well, I know this spot. This spot historically has worked well. Let's go over there. Oh, nope, no, nah, let's go over here. And if you just do this differently, it'll work. All night long, the frustrations, the anger, it's not working out and we keep coming up empty. Guys, who that speaks to us. 
we may experience seasons. In fact, you will <laughs> experience seasons of frustration, seasons uh, of perceived failure in your life, where you're just going, man, I'm failing. I'm just failing. But you guys, in these seasons, if you're trying to follow Jesus, you need to know that what he's doing is serving a purpose that you can't see. You just can't see it. See, as, as we follow Jesus, there may be days, there may be weeks, there may be months, there may even be years when we feel this way. When we feel like we're failing. When, when, or just nothing's happening, God. Nothing's happening. God, this is how I felt for years now. Or God, this has been like a month I thought it was just gonna be a day thing. I'm still feeling this way. Or, or there's, no, there, 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 there's nothing going on. There's nothing that shows you're working here. And, and I can't see the, the, the purpose in, in happening. And, and, and it's so tough because uh, what, what do we do? We go, God, I'm trying to follow you, right? God, I'm following you. I feel like I'm doing what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing, what you say, but everything keeps going wrong. Everything goes wrong. This, this isn't what I signed up for. And what's really tough, you guys, is, is just like them. Guys, in the moment, a lot of times, sometimes you'll actually be able to see the purpose in it. But oftentimes, you're not going to see the purpose uh, of it for a long time after the fact, which is annoying, <laughs> right? I want to know as I'm suffering, hey, God, what you doing? I can see where something needs to happen in my life, right? But what happens when I don't know? And then what happens when, guys, what happens when you never know on this planet? There are certain things you're not gonna know till we're standing face to face with Jesus in heaven. And that is tough. But it's through these seasons, it's through these times that the object of our trust is really revealed, isn't it? It's really revealed, it's exposed. Guys, what's so challenging for these disciples to have to walk through this is what just made it worse is for the disciples, their, their area of failure was the area that they had the most confidence in. Like they were professional fishermen. It's what they did. So if there was anything that they excelled at, it was fishing, right? If, there, if someone said, hey, man, what are you really great at? They would say fishing, okay? And so the very thing that they probably took the most pride in, in themselves and their own abilities to accomplish, what happened? A whole night of nothing. You guys, Jesus used this area specifically in the disciples to teach them a vital lesson. Following him meant their confidence couldn't be in their own strength, but it must be in his sovereignty. I, I love how Ephesians 6.10, Ephesians 6.10 says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord. It doesn't say be strong in, in, in your abilities, be strong in what you can do. It says be strong in the Lord. And where is your strength? Your strength is in his might, okay? Um, and then in Matthew 6, Jesus says what? But seek first, seek 
first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So I'm to seek first the kingdom of God. So when I'm in that trial, when I'm in that situation, when it's not going my way, when I'm waiting, when I feel like I'm failing, I am called to seek first the kingdom of God, even in those moments. See, the disciples' obedience here, listening to Jesus, uh, their obedience of, of literally taking the net, putting it on the other side of the boat, what did it do? It brought overwhelming success. And, and, and this story reminds believers that obedience always brings blessings. Obedience always brings blessings. Now, when I say that, I am not giving you the prosperity gospel here, okay? I'm not saying by your obedience, your bank account is just gonna grow, okay? I'm not saying by your obedience, you're gonna wake up tomorrow and your chronic illness is just gonna be gone or whatever you're dealing with, okay? That's not what I'm saying here. That's not, in fact, we should be thankful for the kind of blessings he's talking about. He's talking about the eternal kind of blessings. And, and, and we see uh, Psalm 119.2, says, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Blessed are those. And then John 13, 17. Jesus says this after he's literally washed their feet and he's been serving them. And being this example, he says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you. Blessed. Guys, like I said, the, the, what the blessings he's talking about are the lasting blessings. The ones that are bigger than what you can see. Now, sometimes are there tangible blessings? Yeah. He just does that sometimes because he's great and he loves you. But these are the eternal kinds of blessings. Why? The net didn't break, you guys. Did you notice that? The net didn't break. And the net's not gonna break on the blessings he has for you. The parallel between this and uh, the disciples' original call to be Jesus' disciples is, is just crazy. The parallel. In Luke chapter five, verses one through uh, 11, uh, Jesus had, was, was actually, there's a large crowd that came to hear him. And so he gets on Peter's boat. Uh, and, and, he, and he gets on their boat, he uses that, and he goes out in the water and he's preaching. And uh, after he's done preaching, uh, he, he says, hey, let's go out into the sea. You guys can cast your nets down and catch some fish. And Peter's like, listen, man, we were, we've been out there all night. It ain't happening. It's just, it's just not, it's not happening. But he agrees. So they go out there, threw the net down, and literally there were so many fish that it was sinking the boat. So they had to get, it was ripping the nets. They had to get their partners to come out there in their boat and two boats had to take the fish to shore because there were so many. And Peter is literally just falls down before Jesus. He is blown away, doesn't know how to respond. And Jesus is like, now I'm gonna teach you how to fish for men. That's what you're gonna be doing. So what is Jesus doing here? In this moment, he's reminding them of that, isn't he? He's reminding them. See, just as he was faithful then, he's gonna be faithful now. 
Man, they needed to hear that, didn't they? They're headed into this, you know, this, this unknown, right? Frozen, into the unknown. They're headed into that. I was just watching it the other day with my youngest, so it's in my head. I can't do anything about it. So some of you are like, what is that? Well, when you have kids, you'll, you'll get it, okay? But guys, they, they needed to be reminded in that moment, just as he was faithful then, he's gonna be faithful now. And sometimes, man, I'll tell you what, sometimes I know I can and I know we can be so forgetful, can't we? We can totally forget what God has called us out of and what he's brought us into. We can totally forget how faithful he's been. See, we can totally forget all the moments in our lives when we look back where it was clear God intervened, where he protected you, where he protected you for something physical harming. Uh, maybe he protected you from a, a relationship that was destructive. Maybe it was a decision to, to take a certain job or not, to move somewhere or, or not, to go to this school or, or not. And you can just clearly see uh, his hand of protection uh, on your life. And, and, and for whatever reason, you guys, we get we get so consumed with what's in front of us and whatever is current and, and we just make it so big and so overwhelming that we totally forget the faithfulness of God in our lives. We totally forget all the steps that he's reminded us that he's going to be faithful. And so we get into these dark uh, uh, places where we just totally forget how faithful he's been. And when that happens, we just start to drift and we go into this negative headspace. Uh, we become overcome with just these, these negative thoughts, emotions. Uh, we feel disconnected in our relationship with God. We feel like nothing's happening. We're failing. All of these things are at the forefront of our minds. And so in that time, we need to be reminded, don't we? We need to be reminded and not only does he remind us just as he reminded them, but he reaffirms his commitment to us. He reaffirms, he reminds us of that. And not just that, he, he overloads it, right? It wasn't like they caught 15, 25 fish. No, it was 153 and they're all large. And, 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 and he says, that net's not, not gonna break either. You're bringing them all in, okay? So, so he's committed. And so guys, maybe for us, Today, this is a reminder to you to remember what God's done in your life. Maybe you've just stopped remembering. Maybe you've just, you're, you're, you are literally consumed with what you're battling right now. Guys, I'll tell you what. I don't know how you'll get through if you can't look back and remember and get outside of the situation and just look at his hand of faithfulness. You have to have that. You gotta be reminded of that. Maybe this is a challenge to stop trying to serve him and please him in your own strength. And this one hits home, so I don't like it. Guys, it wasn't your strength, it wasn't your ability or anything else like that that made you appealing to Jesus, okay? So that was never in play in the beginning. What makes you think that now, 
because of what you're doing, now you're earning his love. You guys, it's clear. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loved you before you loved him. I talked about this last week. He, he pursued us missionally. That's how we live. That's what he was gonna call them to. That's what he calls us to. And so, and so for whatever reason, and I battle this as much as anybody else, for whatever reason, I get caught up in, well, God, I'm gonna do this for you. Then I'm gonna do that. And I'm gonna show you, you're gonna be happy with me. You're gonna be, you're gonna be impressed with me. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna work harder. If it gets tough, I'll just work harder for you. And he's like, that, you don't impress me at all, Steve. You just don't. Cause, cause your best is never, it's never gonna be me. It just never will. He says, I'm a perfect and holy God. Good luck with that route. And it never works, guys. Just like it never worked in the first place. And so we got to surrender that. You're not impressing him. You're just not. So maybe you just need to hear, stop carrying yourself like you are. Or maybe you just need to hear uh, that, that you need to get to the heart of what he's calling you into, a relationship. He's inviting you to love him, okay? He's not inviting you to impress him. Because we know that in our own strength, what happens? Nothing. Maybe this is an encouragement to you who feel like you've just been stuck in this season of failure or just no results. And this morning is about reminding you that God is using what you're going through. He's using it. If you will just be obedient and continue to walk by faith and hold his hand, you guys, he is using what you're going through. And not only is he using it, he will, by the authority of scripture, bring blessings out of it. He will. And I know that's tough. Some of you are going through some really tough things right now. Some of you are going, you're in a season and you just don't even know what's next. You don't, you don't know the direction of your life. You, you got a big decision. You don't, you, and you just, God, where are you? You're distant, man. Come on, I need you right now. Or you've just been, man, you, you think you've been pleasing him. You've been talking to him and, 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 and it's just like, and nothing's happening. You really feel just like numb to it. Nothing's happened. Uh, or, or maybe, man, you're just suffering in some way. And you're just like, how long? How long? How much longer? Uh, you know, and, 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 and guys, I just, I just think this morning is so important uh, to understand that, that he will bring blessings out of this season for you. He will. He will bring about eternal blessings. He's already on it. He is. And, I, I, and it's tough because, you know, sometimes you, you just don't know. You don't know, God, is this season even about me or is this for my kids? 
Is this about me or is it for my marriage? God, is this about me? Is it for my grandparents, my, 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 my future grandkids? Uh, or, or what is this for? Is it for, for a coworker of mine to, to see me struggle? Uh, what, what is this about God? And, and guys, you just, you can't get caught up in that. And I know it's so difficult because I'm talking to uh, a generation here that's never been more flooded and reminded uh, of where they're at and where they're not at because you literally have changed channels coming at you that I didn't have these channels growing up. Like, like I remember growing up, I had no idea what other people were doing. Like no idea. Unless it, I read it in the newspaper or a magazine through social media, you are flooded with it daily. You're flooded with all that's happening. And what that's reinforcing is what's happening for them. What's happening for their life. What's happened. Uh, they're healed. They're being blessed. They got this job. They got, they got this happened to them. And it's just literally flooding you. It floods, it's flooded us to the point where there's literally a thing called FOMO, fear of missing out, which is just nuts. And, 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 and all of this is on us and we're wearing this and we're consuming it. And, and all it's doing is what? It's creating more and more of an expectation that God, you gotta deliver like you did for them. You gotta make this happen, God. They waited that long. I've waited longer. Let's go. And, and, and literally those things are hijacking your faith and, and they're hijacking the blessings that God wants to do in this season. And so you guys, be, be faithful. He will bless you. His, he, he's got his plan for you. But you know what? We've got to stop judging him. You are not his boss. You don't give God performance reviews. You don't. I was thinking about this. <laughs> we, we tend to judge God like we judge our internet speed. It's crazy. Our, our, our internet in the house was really, really slow uh, last week. And and my wife's like, hey, but it's really slow. And I'm like, yeah, it's really slow. Why is it so slow? And have you restarted it? No, I haven't restarted it. So we restart, I walk upstairs and I restarted it. And as I was thinking about it, I was just, I, I started thinking about like our expectations of the internet now. And I was just thinking about how fast it has to be or it needs to be, or it's inefficient. And, and as, I was, as I was restarting it, replugging it in, then I was reminded uh, of, of how the internet used to be when I was growing up, where it literally was dial up and it made noises that sounded like you were trying to communicate with aliens. I mean, it was like weird. Some of you are older, like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what, the, what are you talking about? Like, like, if, like, no, it was weird and you didn't know what was going on, but you're like, it's connecting to Internet Explorer. It's making it. And, and guess what your expectations were then? They were nothing. It was just like, I think it's gonna work. And that was it. And, 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 and you were content in that. And, and now, oh my goodness, right? Now it's like, man, that, that's taking 30 seconds. I'm dying over here. 
What's going on? Whose problem is this? We need to change service. Call someone, right? And, and so everything has to happen. I want this information now. I want this uploaded now or downloaded. Uh, I, I want this. And it needs to happen by this point in time. And the problem is because that's our new normal culturally, we're placing that expectation on God. And the patience uh, and the persistence that we used to see in the Bible, now it's foreign to us. We read what we want and we skip pages to get to Jesus's answer. And we just lose sight of the years. We lose sight of the suffering, the, the moments of waiting, the moments of God, where are you? The moments of he feels distance, distant, the moment of, of, of failures. But for whatever reason, we have taken our cultural expectations for entertainment and said, you need to deliver like that. And if you're not delivering like that, what's wrong with you? I'm done. I'm over it. You guys, and you better be thankful for this. God is patient. That ain't changing. He's been the same yesterday, today, forever. It's not changing. He is patient. And like I said, you better be thankful he's patient because he's been very patient with you and me. Amen? He has been very patient as I've continually fallen, as I've failed, as I've made mistakes. He's been continually patient with you and I. He's patient right now with people that don't know him because he's gonna bring about repentance in their life. So you guys, he is patient and we should be thanking him for that because his patience is built around completing a perfect plan. So we gotta give this over to him. We gotta give him our life. We gotta surrender. And, and so maybe you've just here, you're, you're, maybe lastly for you this morning, you finally realized that you can't satisfy yourself. And you've tried everything to get this peace, this contentment. You, you've tried every option that you know of to, to, to bring that into your life, but nothing works. And guys, I'm just telling you right now, you were never designed to be able to give yourself that. You were designed in such a way to build you up to the place where you realize you had a need for something greater. You can't satisfy you. You just can't. Only God can. You need a relationship with him. And if that's you this morning, receive him as Lord and Savior of your life. If you believe in him, acknowledge him to be Lord and Savior. Acknowledge, confess that he went to the cross for your sins, that he rose again, having victory over sin and death. And because of that, we have access to the Father through a relationship that Jesus established and created. And we have the opportunity to receive him. And our lives are forever changed. And I would encourage you, if you've never done that, to do that this morning as we go into our prayer time and worship and response. But I just lastly want to ask us this. Will we listen when we've reached the end of ourselves to his voice saying, try the other side of the boat? Or are we the experts? Let's pray.